Hello and welcome to our last episode on the Book of Romans in our series. Today we begin working through and wrapping up chapter 16, the final chapter in Paul's letter to the church in Rome. I am so excited to dive into this last chapter because honestly, people don't really read it that much. <laughs> uh, it's it's so obviously Paul's conclusion to the letter that it almost reads like you're, like you're watching the credits to a movie um, and you're just expected to read through all of that. Uh, it's like, you, you know, you've seen the movie, you love the plot, it had some good action, and now you're just going to sit through and read the credits on the visual effects artists and the stunt coordinators and the costume makers and things like that. And so when Paul begins this section, it almost has that kind of feel to it. And so unfortunately, a lot of people just kind of skip it and they read Romans 1 through 15 and 16 is kind of like a take it or leave it kind of chapter. Uh, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to make it through the whole book. So I'm going to make sure that by the end of this series, we have read every single verse in the book of Romans. Um, so let's let's do just that. Let's start at verse 1 in chapter 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at wherever that is, Kencray, let's say, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever way, in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. All right, let's stop here for a second. And you might say, Mark, we're only two verses in. What could we possibly have to talk about at this point? Well, I want to talk about Phoebe. Phoebe is the person that Paul trusted to deliver this letter to the church in Rome. And it's notable because, well, she's a woman. Uh, and so you get arguments from, from both sides of the argument when it comes to her role. You have the more traditional egalitarians who argue that Phoebe carrying the letter must have also meant that she preached the letter and was therefore practically a female apostle. And you have the traditional complementarian argument or their side, and they argue that Phoebe's role was just that of a person delivering the letter. She's noted as a servant, and that's exactly what she did. She served Paul in that way. So who is right? Well, I think they're both wrong, and here's why. First, regarding the egalitarian view that needs to have Phoebe be in a different, uh, in their opinion, higher role, uh, there's nothing in the text to indicate that. What we do see is that Paul trusts her and values her and calls her a servant. And for the complementarians who argue that Phoebe didn't really have any leadership in the church at all, she was just a servant, um, they, would they would be wise to take note of the word used by Paul here. The word used to describe Phoebe by Paul is diakonos. And if that sounds familiar, it's because that's where we get the word deacon, as in a deacon or a minister in the church. As Paul describes her, you see that she clearly operates in a deacon-like role, serving those in need and even serving Paul, as he says in verse 2. And so I'm not attempting to settle the entire debate in this episode. I actually have a previous episode on that issue where I go through the arguments uh, for and against women in leadership in the church. So go and check that out if you're interested. But I did want to point it out so that you can be aware of the ongoing discussion within the church today on passages like this. Uh, I myself, as a complementarian, think Phoebe was a deacon in the church. She served the church in that way, but she was not an apostle or a pastor because that role was and is limited to men who are called in that role. But hey, what do I know? Okay, let's keep reading. Uh, picking up at verse 3, we'll read through 16. And, and bear with me because this is definitely the part that feels like 
I'm reading the credits in a movie, so bear with me. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Apennetus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles. And they were and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodion. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphania and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Perses, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncretus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobos, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philagas, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All of the churches of Christ greet you. Okay, so like I said, it, it feels like, it feels like I'm reading the, the end credits to a movie. Uh, Paul lists the people who he wants the church to greet and to acknowledge. He mentions Prisca, who was Priscilla in the book of Acts, and Aquila. And that they somehow risked their lives for Paul and they host a church in their home. And you have people like Adronicus and Junia, who a lot of people look at as the female apostle. And again, I talk about this in my other episode on women in leadership, so I'm not going to address it here. If you're curious, you can go watch that about why I do not think this is a female apostle. And the list, the list of end credits goes on. But the clear message from Paul is the recognition for those who laid down their lives for Christ. This list is for the church to see tangible examples of people in their communities that are giving their all for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sure if you had to write down your own credits list for people in your community, you could come up with a similar list of examples of friends or family members who are prayer warriors, people who encourage you, people who give to the needy, people who evangelize and proclaim the name of Christ, uh, pastors who are so bought into the gospel uh, that their passion and zeal is contagious. This is that list for Paul. And so rather than skipping over it, I think it's worth our time to just sit with it, even for a moment, and thank God for working through the people in this list, and also for the people that he has placed in our own lives and in our own communities. Thank God for what he's doing in the lives of the people around you to continue spreading the good news. Okay, so we made it through the end credits, and now it seems we're at, like, the after credits scene. You know, like, in Iron Man or in Captain America movies, there's that short scene after the credits... Well, that's what these next few verses are. That's what they feel like to me, at least. So let's read 17 through the end of the book at verse 27. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles, contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. 
I, Tertius, who write this letter to you, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Quarchus, greet you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. So here, at the end of the letter, Paul warns of those who will read this and continue to cause division in the church and teach doctrine contrary to what he taught in this letter. There were Jews and Gentiles who would continue to ignore Paul's call for unity, and Paul tells the church to avoid them. There were people who heard Paul call out various sins of adultery, homosexuality, envy, murder, deceit, gossip, boasting, and in response, they would double down into their sin even more. They were people who heard Paul say that all have sinned and are deserving of eternal punishment from God and would dismiss his claims. They were people who heard of the free gift of grace offered by God and thought, that's too good to be true. Surely we must do something on our end. All of those things happened in the church in Rome, and they still happen with us today. And Paul's end credits warning to the church is to turn away from those things. Paul says that we should be wise in what, what is good and innocent to what is evil. He doesn't mean that we should be innocent in the evil that we commit. Rather, in the Greek, this means that we should be skilled at what is good and unsophisticated in doing evil. In the further credits given, Paul says that Timothy who would go on to pastor the church in Ephesus, but is currently a follower of, of, of Paul, greets them, and that uh, Tertius, the one writing the letter, greets them as well. Now, this doesn't mean that Paul is plagiarizing <laughs> in having someone else write his letter and then he's just assigning authorship to himself. Uh, what's likely happening is that Paul is speaking and Tertius is writing everything down. And then Paul closes with this beautiful doxology, which is basically a, a song or a writing of praise to God. He says, now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. And I can't, I can't think of a better way to close out the study of the book of Romans. This book is so powerful. God's word is still alive and active as much today as it was back when Paul wrote this in 57 AD. Paul closes it in a way that I think puts perspective into everything he does and everything we should do. He reminds us that it's all about Christ. Everything we do is strengthened by Christ according to the plans of God and it's all to the glory of God. And so with that, we wrap up our series on Romans. This has been a long time coming. I've, I've been writing these episodes for over a year now, uh, so it's hard to believe that it's done. But that absolutely does not mean that we are done studying Romans. Uh, just because we've been through and studied a book of the Bible does not mean we get to close it and, and put a check mark on it. Like we don't need to go back through it again. Uh, no, I, and I'm sure that if we were to go back through Romans 
even right after this, the Holy Spirit would continue to reveal more and more of who God is and, and correct wrong thinking that I may have and, and reveal new uh, and reveal more of who God is in, in, in that study. And so I want to thank you for tuning into these episodes. I have loved going through the book of Romans. This is my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, and maybe one day far in the future, uh, we'll go back through it and see and see more of what God reveals and, and, and makes stand out to us and, and teaches us in that time. But thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you and I will see you soon.